Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have finally arrived at this point in time. It is time to preview and look ahead to the fifth and final test match of this brilliant, brilliant Ashes series, which will be coming to you live from the Oval. Hello and welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Vatsal Vora. This might be one of the shortest preview episodes that I've ever recorded on this channel and on this podcast is because that's not a lot to play for really. Yes, the series is still not done, but Australia have retained the Ashes 2-1 in the end after the previous test match at Old Trafford was washed out due to rain and theoretically it ended in a draw so that means australia have retained the ashes they have there is no point that they can now lose this ashes series all england can do is now is to win at the oval and level the series at two apiece so that's all england can do well australia might just take a take a little foot off the gas i assume and they they are all but good good to go here uh, let's let's start about let's start this podcast by talking about australia shall we because this has been a really long summer for them particularly they came to the uk to play six test matches one was the world test championship final against india which they won and then it transcended to this all-important Ashes series and credit to them that they have done so well in this Ashes series and in the World Test Championship final as well. They won that against India and now they are going to end this successful tour to the United Kingdom by at least drawing the Ashes if not winning it. And credit to them because before the start of the Ashes series it was all like it was marketed, it was it like the media stated that it's going to be a, a test series between traditional test cricket and the new baseball approach 
and the traditional test cricket has just won uh, there and there is no other way to put it around yes the rain intervened in the fourth and final fourth not not the final one but the fourth test match at old trafford which was don't get me wrong was heading into england's grasp and it was heading towards a final showdown at the oval with the series locked at two apiece but that's not the case and i think i've mentioned this in the review episode as well that when you come to england to play a test series the weather's always going to play a part now unfortunately for the host it kind of ruined their plans but credit to australia you won the first two test matches you are heading into uh, oval with nothing to play for but just to secure a draw and possibly go and win it 3-1 if you want because they already won a test match in london they won the second test match at lords so there's no stretch of imagination that cannot happen again they've already won at the oval as well the worldless championship final i just remembered was played at the oval so there's some history behind the aussies there as well steve smith loves playing at the oval as well so you never know what australian side turns up and it is going to be regardless of the result it is going to be a fabulous and successful tour of the united kingdom which will bring a bring in a lot of confidence to this australian side heading into the world cup season so yeah let's start and talk about the australian team composition and the loss of nathan lyon was one of the biggest loss because since then they haven't won a test match they lost at headingley they could have lost at old trafford but the game was again washed out due to rain so that ended in a draw so for the uh, for that test match at old trafford they decided not to go with a spinner they decided to drop todd murphy after one test match he did play at uh, headingley and the team composition was really interesting as far as the australians are concerned because they went with both mitch marsh and cameron green that did prolong their batting lineup a little but then again they lost that spin spin option and uh, it put a lot of pressure on the likes of manas labushain and travis head to be that part time spinner when you know the pitch was turning don't get me wrong and they kind of missed having a proper front line spinner something england did really well joe root bowled really well uh, i think ricky ponting said in his post match interview that joe root is a very underutilized kind of a bowler and he has got all the tricks in his books and he kind of showed that on day 4 when the rain wasn't quite there yet and he did pick up the all important wicket of uh, manas labushain didn't he for 111 if i'm not wrong so that that was the case and seeing the likes of joe root and moin ali bowl on that old trafford wicket it kind of felt like australia did miss out on a spinner now i'm not quite sure will they go for todd murphy at the oval test match because oval primarily aids quicks during the early stages of the test match but when you get uh, get on into like let's say day 3 day 4 it kind of spins as well so you kind of want a new spinner a frontline spinner to be honest in that squad because travis head uh, can bowl a little bit of spin for you but you see you saw as soon as travis head was introduced into the attack by skipper pat cummins sack crawley just took took charge and didn't want him to settle and he was just lovely to see zack crawley play in that way i think he reverse swept 
Travis Head of the very first delivery and then Slock swept him for six or like, or like 10 runs of the first two deliveries of Travis Head and they didn't let him settle whatsoever. So if England do play in this aggressive kind of style, which they are going to play, don't get me wrong, this aggressive style of play could easily have seen them level the series two apiece. But if that's the case, I guess you can once again assume that they're not going to let the spinners settle in. They're not going to set, uh, let the likes of Steve Smith, Manas Labushin, Travis Head, whoever's bowling as your part-time spinner. They're not going to let them settle. And it's going to be really tricky as far as the Australians are concerned. So I guess the, it is going to be a tough call to make, but you either have to drop Mitch Marsh or Cameron Green. Now, don't get me wrong. Mitch Marsh has been excellent with the ball. Sorry, excellent with the bat, not with the ball, with the bat. He scored a 100 at Headingley, scored a good uh, amount of runs in the Old Trafford test match as well. I think he did score a half century in the first innings, didn't he? I could be wrong there, but yeah, he did did score uh, some useful runs in uh, Manchester as well. So this is going to be a really tricky decision as far as Australian management and Pat Cummins is concerned because... On one hand, you want Mitch Marsh just because of his batting, but then again, he doesn't contribute a lot with the ball. Cameron Green, on the other hand, he does contribute a lot with the ball. I think he took the all-important wicket of uh, Zach Crawley on 100 and when he was batting at 189. So that that's that as well. You can you can see why Cameron Green also deserves to be in the starting eleven. So indirectly, the uh, Kuffuffle that Australia currently find themselves into is that there is there are three players and one spot in the team and all three of them deserve to play so you have to make a tough call. I don't I Todd Murphy Todd Murphy deserves to play because you need a frontline spinner. Mitch Marsh deserves to play because he has been excellent with the bat and Cameron Green is just Cameron Green. He is capable with the bat. He is very handy with the ball as well. My decision would be to possibly drop Cameron Green because he's coming off a niggle. He played the full test match at Old Trafford. Maybe give him a rest because the series cannot be lost at this point in time. Go with Mitch Marsh because he doesn't deserve to be dropped after the effort he's put in with the bat over the past two test matches. And you can then slot in Todd Murphy perfectly. Sorry, three. Uh, there is three players, two spots, not one spot but you get the point what I was trying to make earlier in this podcast uh, so yeah that's Australia because another point another change which Australia usually used to make is play Scott Boland every other test match but I think that experiment hasn't worked out since his time at Headingley he didn't bowl well Josh Hazelwood comes in picks up five wickets so I think Josh Hazelwood Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins will be playing this test match regardless of the conditions and uh, what permutation combination you want to adapt in this uh, final Ashes test match so that's that's the Australian kind of things I think it is very very easy to name the Australian starting 11 after all the good matches that they have played leading up from the world test championship final to this fifth and final Ashes test match but for anyone new who is listening this is my predicted playing 11 for the Australian side. It will be Usman Khwaja and David Warner to open. It will be Manas Labushain at 3. It was lovely to see him score runs 
he has got a few starts here and there but it was lovely to finally see him convert that start and con- and make it into 100 he scored 111 in the second innings against England at Old Trafford so he will be playing at number 3 Steve Smith at 4 he loves playing at the oval as i mentioned already so you are expecting big things coming out of his bat Travis Head at 5 then Mitch Marsh at 6 Alex Carey at 7 Mitchell Stark Pat Cummins Josh Hazelwood and Todd Murphy. That would be my pers- my predicted Australian 11 for the fifth and final test match at Oval. I'm once again very sorry for Cameron Green. Well, it I'm, I'm talking as if it is definitely who Cameron Green who's going to be dropped off because there can be a possibility where Australia don't need a frontline spinner and they go with an unchanged team as well. So you never know. But for me personally, a spinner is must on the Oval track. You see, you saw how much India missed Ravi Chandran Ashwin in that World Test Championship final. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the two pitches are going to be exactly identical, but you get the point that you need a frontline spinner and Australia should not make that mistake of leaving out one for the fifth and final Test match. Hey, there is a series online, you can still win it 3-1 and completely rub into the English wounds. So why not go for your best team and do that? So as far as England is concerned now, I think England finally nailed their team in the <coughs> sorry in the oh Manchester Test. Uh, that's what I was I was going to say, and it felt like it was all going towards a mammoth victory until the rain kind of intervened their plans. But credit to England, I guess there was a lot of question marks surrounding this baseball kind of approach, the aggressive kind of approach for after they were two nil down. After the first two test matches, after the Lord's test match, but they they stuck with the game plan. They won at Headingley, should have won at Old Trafford as well, had the weather not intervened. And could and as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, we would have been heading into this final test match at the Oval with the, the test series tied to a piece with all to play for. But alas, that's not the case as far as the English side is concerned. And... Uh, I think they they have all the right to be disappointed because they have made a miraculous comeback in this Ashes series when a lot of people, particularly England, some of some England fans themselves thought that this approach might be a bit too gimmicky for a big test series like the Ashes. But hey, they hung on. Zach Crawley was outstanding. He showed why they will continue playing in this aggressive kind of Style, aggressive style of play and they can still be successful and Zach Rowley was the uh, the person who was carrying the mantelpiece for the basketball approach in the fourth test match at Old Trafford. As far as English side is concerned for this fifth and final test series, so for fifth and final test match that is, I think the only change that England can make right now is to possibly drop James Anderson and play uh, someone like Ollie Robinson or Josh Tong in the side. Uh, Don't get me wrong, we all know James Anderson is arguably the greatest fast bowler of all time, but this has been one of his more poorer series in recent times. You don't expect Jimmy Anderson to drop off this bad, but that's exactly what has happened. I think he's just picked up four wickets in the entire Ashes series. He's played three test matches I think he's played three test matches yes he's picked up just four wickets he just picked up one wicket in the test match at Old Trafford which was apparently his home test match as well he just picked up the wicket of Pat Cummings earlier on day two and that was kind of it 
so it's it is really sad to see jimmy anderson struggle in that regard but hey you uh, you cannot i think nasser hussein put it perfectly right before the start of the fourth test match that you don't lose your reg- legendary status by just after just two or three games and that completely holds true as far as anderson is concerned but if england really want to go for the kill i guess uh, you can ex- understand why they will want to give anderson another rest possibly call it a drop and bring in the like of likes of one of either josh tong or ollie robinson because by by the time i'm recording this podcast they still haven't got go named their starting 11 all they have said is that they're going to have the same squad which means that james anderson is in the squad for the all important fifth and final test match but whether he will play or not is a completely different story personally if you ask me i would not play him because he's not been effective with the ball and um, you don't want him to struggle once again it's really hard to see a great of the sport struggle so much uh, so I, i i would personally go with ollie robinson i think i think he hasn't done anything wrong don't get me wrong even josh tong didn't do much wrong in that lords test match and he picked up some crucial wickets but i think they'll uh, england should go with experience rather than uh, what josh tong might want, have to offer i think ollie robinson has had a good ashes series as well he's chipped in with runs he's picked up crucial wickets as well so i think i'll personally go with ollie robinson apart from that i don't see england making a host of changes as well i think they've settled on a good lineup i think the return of mark wood and chris wokes was completely completely important as far as this ashes series is concerned and ever since the the two have joined this this starting 11 i think in the level at which england play the test cricket has just gone up a notch they have now a good quick bowler they have a handy batsman in the form of chris wokes they have a good quick bowler in the form of mark wood so that has added a whole another complexity to this english side and now it feels like a a test side which is really looking good and is playing cricket at the best level possible so that's the only english change which i want to make in this lineup so my predicted england lineup for the fifth and final test match at the oval would be as follows i think duckett will keep his place i think he has shown enough promise and a few test matches here and there doesn't make doesn't warrant a drop so duckett and crawley would open once again zack crawley outstanding if you want me to talk highly about zack crawley then make sure you check out my previous ashes podcast i i talk about him in lot more detail over there so yeah duckett and crawley to open i think moin ali at number 3 worked uh, in manchester i think he played some excellent shots and the half century would see him come out to bat after the fall of one wicket at the oval as well so i am putting him at number 3 joe root at 4 harry brook at 5 good to see him get some runs as well then i think number 6 would be ben stokes johnny bestow returned to some form as well so that's good to see as well played an unbeaten innings of 99 in that first innings at old trafford so he's at number 7 then we have chris wokes mark wood stuart broad and i'll go with ollie robinson in place of james anderson so that is the fifth and final preview 
episode of this Ashes series. I think I mentioned this in the review episode of the Manchester Test that uh, I will be at the Oval. I think, I think, not I think, I know I'm going for the fifth and final day at the Oval. So I hope there is some cricket left on for day five. There is a bit of rain in the air in London. I think they have predicted some rain to fall leading up to day five. And I think there is some rain on day five as well. But uh, yeah, there is some rain on day one and day two. Day three and four are kind of, you know, a bit of partly cloudy, a bit of sunny here and there. But once again, there is rain forecasted, but not as much as it fell in Manchester. So fingers crossed that this test match is not rain affected and we can get some proper test cricket for one final time before we eventually shift our attentions to the limited overs format one day international format in particular as we build up towards the World Cup. But hey, this Ashish series is going to be one which will be uh, which will be stamped in my mind as one of the most brilliant uh, series to watch. I think 2023 has served up with some great test series. We had a wonderful Border Gavaskar series. We had a great World Test Championship final as well. And now we are going to have and we are, we are having a great Ashish series. So Test cricket, yes, it is finally back and it's really fun covering. But this is going to be one final test match that we cover on this Cricket Corner podcast. And it's going to be a sad ending to the test scenario. I think the test series which I personally am looking forward to is England's Tour of India. That is coming in February, if I'm not wrong. February 2024, we just had the schedule. But we'll talk about that in the Ashes review Thanks for tuning in for all these Ashes podcasts. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked what I talked about in this edition of the Ashes podcast series, then make sure you're giving me those juicy five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple podcast. If you are listening this on YouTube, then make sure you're liking, sharing and subscribing. However, for the time being, this is me, Vatsalvora, signing off. Ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.